Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shelley Rude from Ad Advance, and today I'm joined by Mr. Tony Miller from Ad Advance. Tony, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I got awesome. my, my baby blue old Ad Advance <laughs> shirt on. This is one of a kind when we were first getting our shirts created. One of one. Yeah. <laughs> Someday it'll be a collector's it's edition. Highly coveted by the office. No. <laughs> Yep, yep. So today I wanted to have Tony on. Tony's our director of DSP, of Amazon DSP, and I wanted to talk through some of the fun stuff that we can do on the audience side. And when we're building out different audiences within Amazon DSP, you know, one of the key things that we want to start and really think through is like, who is the true customer that we're trying to reach? Who is the person that we're trying to reach with our advertising? And so I figured it'd be fun to have Tony on the podcast and kind of talk through building the avatar and kind of going from there and then building an audience and putting it into practice. So... Tony, when we were first talking about Avatar, like you had to tell me that this was not in reference to the movie, that it was... Yeah, yeah. no, no Jake Sully, no yeah. James Cameron, no blue people, no movies, nothing. You know, honestly, uh, that is like <laughs> the old Avatar is one of the last movies that I've actually seen in theaters. Oh, sure. Which is really sad. It's been honestly, a while. Don't go <laughs> it's over a decade, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, no fancy Hollywood stuff today. We're talking about brand avatars, you know, really being able to, to, to hone in and focus on people who are most likely to interact with and eventually make a purchase of your products from your brand. Yeah. Yeah. So this was one fun thing, like going back to business school and everything. And it's trying to generate, like, put yourself in the shoes of your potential buyer and then try to figure out, okay, what key interests may these people have? What kind of correlates to the specific products that I've got? Like, if I have to use my advertising spend and use it effectively, who's the people that are most likely going to resonate with my products? And then once you put yourself in their shoes, now you can start to build out this avatar for these specific people that maybe like specific or are into specific interests, maybe had specific purchases in the past, all right. that good stuff. And at the end of the day, it's trying to reach the people who are going to be most relevant for those ads and who are going to get the most benefit out of them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great summary there. I mean, if you think about the DSP world and just display advertising in general, you have hundreds of audiences at your disposal that contain millions of shoppers in all of these audiences. You know, unless you've got an unlimited supply of money, you got to start thinking beyond, hey, I'm just going to target somebody that's in market for XYZ. You know, you insert the the product or the category and there's an audience for it. There's millions of people that you can target there. So really, if you're able to you know, figure out who your ideal customer base is, then you can, at the end of the day, just make your advertising dollars go that much further. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I'll say too, is like with Amazon DSP, when we get pushback on it, a lot of people push back on, yeah, it's all for brand building. And I'm doing the quotes on the video. <laughs> yeah. It's trying to get the brand name out there. And yeah, that's true. If you go for some of these really broad audiences, 
But I think the key thing is that we can stack these audiences on top of each other and we can get much more minute in who we're trying to target, again, to find the most relevant people who are going to be interested in the ads. Mm -hmm. And so, yep, for big brands that are just really worried about getting impressions and getting eyeballs on their products and maybe sell to a mass market, some of these higher really high funnel targeting options can be great. But for the majority of the brands that are out there, Amazon sellers, you're going to want to get much more specific. And so I think that's where people get burned with Amazon DSP is you can go extremely broad. You can spend a lot of money, but you can also go extremely targeted, really take that advertising spend down and get a much better return that drives to the sale, which is what we're trying to do. We're trying to advertise to people. Right. Get them interested in our brand and drive to the sale, which is actually delivering the business results. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a, a great comparison for our listeners who may be a little bit more familiar with the sponsored ad side, not as familiar with DSP. It's kind of the same conversation as saying, hey, let's target those long tail keywords that we know people are you know, when, when they type in that query to Amazon, our product shows up, they buy it more often than if we had, you know, kind of a shorter tail, more generic keyword, kind of a similar comparison there at the end of the day, you know, really focusing on what's going to drive the best performance, whether that's engagement uh, or ROAS, you know, down, down at the bottom part of the funnel. Yeah. So Tony, when you're taking on a new brand, mm -hmm. um, how are you doing market research? How are you figuring out what these avatars are and then we'll get into kind of the execution after on how we how we target and set up the ads and everything yeah, so let's yeah. focus on how you build out the the avatars or help to define that yeah i mean taking on a new brand it's it's not going to be as focused as targeted as somebody that we've been working with for you know a month two months and beyond um the farther we get into management the more we're going to optimize the more data we're going to have to act upon and eventually implement to drive better performance so you know starting off there are a lot of different resources that brands bring to the table you know whether they've done advertising on different platforms or they've got their d2c site that they can can gather demographic information from um, through various studies or reports from from other third parties you know thinking about seller central there is an awesome demographics breakdown uh, i believe in brand analytics where you can take a peek at you know here's the different demographics here's the percentage of of you know, sales that go into each one of those particular demographics. So you can right there use that information to say, okay, um, I'm going to get a little bit more targeted here. Maybe it's a, you know, like a healthy aging supplement, for example, where maybe you don't want to target those that are 18 to 25 years old. You know, you maybe want to focus on the older demographics, you know, 55 plus retired folks, you name it. So sure. um, that's, I guess, a, a great initial place to, to take a peek. Something else that is kind of a standard practice, I would say, as especially as we're taking on a DSP client, um, is going to be really just creating an audience of past purchasers. You know, if you can get a 365 day look back for people that have purchased, you know, whether it's a subset of your products or the full gamut of, of what you're offering, that's going to be a great audience to create. Um, and then you can utilize overlap reports on that audience. Sure. Um, so a bit about overlap reports, they're, they're really just uh, a tool that Amazon gives to us to say, hey, you've input an audience, I'm going to output uh, a bunch of other audiences that have 
similar people in those audiences. You know, the, the traits of these shoppers are going to be much the same uh, to the audience that you've selected. Sure. It spits out an affinity. And, you know, simply put, the higher the affinity, the more closely related that audience is. Yep. So yeah. that's going to be a great place to look at. Isn't you know, essentially the overlap between the two audiences? Yep. It's like the percentage above the average that they're most likely to be correlated if they're in a yep. certain audience. Now they're all right, 400% more likely to be in this other audience too. And that's essentially how the affinity score is built out. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And so you can, can utilize these overlap reports to, you know, look at in market life, in market audiences, lifestyle audiences. You can also filter on demographic as well. So that's again, something to, you know, kind of take a peek at. You can compare that to what you're seeing in brand analytics. It should be fairly similar, comparable results there, yeah. um, but just more of a reassurance and kind of double checking there as well. So yeah, I guess that's that's two of the more common places that we would look when we're onboarding somebody. Sure. Yeah. And one key point to to take into account is if you're currently running display advertising using a different channel like Google, um, there's a ton of awesome data there that you can use to build out audiences for Amazon DSP. So they may not have like specific overlap in the audiences, but we can see what's been working well and what hasn't. And just like anything else, we want to learn from, you know, previous performance, what's performed well and what hasn't. Yeah. Uh, and just kind of plug in again, like Amazon's DSP and what makes it different. One key aspect is the first party data that's involved. Um, right. And so Amazon just being so closely tied to many people and their shopping habits has a ton of information that you can use to then group together these different audiences to then be able to find, again, find the people who are going to be most relevant for your ads. Mm -hmm. um, Google has a bunch of data tracking for like search results and all the different apps that you have on the Google side, but they're trying to tie search results to specific buying behaviors where Amazon is even more directly tied in. And so this is really the power of Amazon's DSP. It's the first party data. There's also unique supply sources, but we'll focus on the audience side for this episode episode. Right. And so there's, we can get really granular and find those people who are really potentially interested in our products or our brand. But if you have other channels going, this is a great spot to start to figure out what's worked well, and then we can build off of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, any, any brand out there that's spending money on advertising, if I'm able to come to them and say, Hey, what if we can get that much more targeted? What if we can really hone in on those people that are more likely to interact and purchase from your brand. Like you'd be silly to say no. Sure. Right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So any other tools that you use or perspective that you take, I know you went through some of the data sources, but there's also a lot of like intuition and also just conversations with the clients that we're having too to figure out like, who are these specific avatars that, that mm -hmm. we're targeting? Yeah, definitely. You know, as a, as a brand coming to us, they, at the end of the day, are going to be their product experts. You know, we've got uh, loads of knowledge in so many different categories, so many different niches that we've we've had experience with. But, you know, the true source of, of a wealth of knowledge is going to come from the brand itself. Sure. You know, the people that are super passionate about their job, they know about their clients, they know about their shopping base. They've, they've got this experience. So we might as well utilize it to its full potential sure. when we're targeting people. Sure. So let's take, let's take an example. Let's just kind of walk through a fun example. Mm -hmm. um, let's do, 
Let's do the educational products that, that I used to sell sure. when we got into Amazon. So I sold these organic chemistry molecular model kits. I know I'm super cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so what they're used for is that they're for organic chemistry courses. I'm, I'm a chemical engineer, so I had to go through OCHEM. They were like 80 to 90 bucks at the time. Um, started a private label, was selling those. Brand still lives on to today. Um but you would have to buy these as it, you could essentially model molecules 3D. I won't get into the specifics, <laughs> even though it's super interesting, Tony. <laughs> Take your word for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so for this product, it's it's pretty straightforward. I say in the types of audiences, but all right, you're taking over this product. What what are you looking at? Yeah, I want to I want to figure out who's buying these OCHEM sets. Sure. You know, just thinking right off the bat here, it's more than likely going to be pe younger people. You know, they're going to fall in that 18 to 25 demographic age sure. versus retired or 55 plus, for example. Sure. Um, you know, also want to look at people, you know, there's there's education demographics as well. People with some college experience are I would say going to be more uh, appropriate for especially an OCHEM class that's not going to come in your first year of college for sure. Sure. I guess it could, but special cases there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, and even taking it a step further too, even getting away from the audiences at this point, if now you can say, hey, I also want to target, you know, there's there's prestigious colleges that spit out chemical engineers, let's say, for example, you know, now let's add some zip code targeting here as well, where we're only targeting these zip codes where the universities and colleges are located too. Sure. So, I mean, that's, I guess, a little bit outside of the audience's piece, but it's just where my mind goes, just kind of scheming initially here yeah, on yeah. how can we really drive some results for this product? Yep. And this is where it gets really fun too, because you could look at it and say, all right, if somebody bought these other textbooks, say mm -hmm. six months ago, you could even look at the college curriculum and say, all right, before somebody takes OCHEM, they're usually going to take X, Y, and Z courses. Right. And I right. could find the textbooks that go along with that mm -hmm. and say, if they purchased this in the last six months, now target them because they're probably coming up for a new semester. Right. There's other fun things where for this case, it's kind of like Christmas in a way where you have this big, <laughs> this big uh, ramp up in terms of sales. It's extremely seasonal. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be before spring and fall semesters. And then another, this is a, kind of a fun case too, because- all right, Tony, I hired you to run my DSP. Now I can inform you like, yep, okay, there's the student population. Mm -hmm. That's great to target. But the highest leverage that we have is actually targeting college professors, which then Definitely. add this to their curriculum. And so, you know, that would be a different approach that you could take and a different audience that you could develop now mm -hmm. trying to find professors and then run our ads for that and show off how cool the molecular sets are and how they should recommend them for their, their college courses. Right, definitely, yeah. I mean, that's even more golden than the subscribe and save, I would say. I mean, you, you now get your molecular model kit put in their syllabus. That brings it to a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So walk me through, like, all right, so we've defined, let's focus on the college students right sure. now. All right. Walk me through a couple ways that you would set up these audiences. Like, would you start with like an in-market audience and work your way down to like demographics? Or do you look more at like previous purchases and kind of stack items on there? Like, how, mm -hmm. how do you look at this? How would you set this up? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's not a wrong answer 
to be completely honest off the bat here. You know, we can say, okay, for the first month or two, we're going to take this as kind of a test period, a trial period, and really figure out what works the best. Sure. Um, in which you could say, hey, somebody in market for chemistry, for example, might be a good person to target. Through then all of the data that's gathered over the next month or two, you're able to kind of hone in and refine your targeting from there. If we are a little bit more tight when it comes to budget and say, hey, you know, we, we really just want to focus on what's going to drive the best performance immediately. Sure. Um, we don't have a little bit of cushion with some discovery spend per se. That's when I'm going to take all of these insights that I mentioned in those two two places previously, the, the demographics from brand analytics, the overlap reports, and really just try to layer on an audience. So now I'm not just targeting in market for chemistry. I'm also layering on the demographic of people that are age 18 to 25, maybe also layering on people that have some college experience as well. Sure. Uh, if you want to get really down into it, now let's find those people that have purchased the previous chemistry courses in the last half year or year that we know are now up for an OCHEM class. Sure. You know, that's going to be a great way to go there. Um, once we get past the onboarding piece, there is another really powerful tool that we have at our disposal to really start thinking maybe even more outside the box. Sure. So now, you know, we've onboarded this client. We've been working for them with a couple of months. We're targeting some upper funnel strategies, going after some in-market audiences. Um, this in the background is gathering a tremendously powerful amount of data for us. So within Amazon's DSP, we have a report center where we can go in and just kind of define a bunch of unique attributes in a report that Amazon's going to spit out to us. So I guess just for an example, I can say, okay, let's look at an audience report, for example, um, for your organic chemistry molecular set. That's a mouthful. <laughs> organic chemistry molecular model set. Oh, another word even at that, making it more <laughs> difficult. Um, but we can say, okay, we've had this campaign set up that is an in-market uh, campaign. It's a higher funnel campaign. Let's just say, for example, we're targeting people that are in market for chemistry sure. and that's it. What this report is going to do is it's going to spit out a bunch of different audiences for us that we're probably not even targeting. And we're able to define the KPIs that we pull here. So if it's more of a, an awareness or an engagement kind of tactic here, you know, detail page view rate, um, cost per detail page view rate, branded searches, sure. click through rates, there's, there's, you know, whatever metrics out there that you're interested in looking at, we can pull those. Sure. You know, we can look at the spend, the sales, the ROAS, all of it in between. Um, um, but like I mentioned, it's going to be pulling in audiences that we aren't even targeting. Sure. So if you think about your average shopper, I'm not just in market for chemistry. I'm also in market for tons of different things. I'm in market for hockey stuff, for tennis stuff. You know, you name it, I'm part of, part of an audience. There's probably hundreds of them. So what this then is able to do is spits out all of these other metrics for all of these other audiences that you're not even targeting, which now gives you even more stuff to consider, um, sure. even more data to dive through, compile, and eventually implement. And now you can say, okay, I had a really good idea based on the demographic information that I've looked at of 
who is my ideal avatar? But now I've got all these other audiences to consider out there that, you know, I probably didn't even think about. They might not even look like they're related to what I'm trying to sell, sure. but the people are still part of these audiences. So that's where it gets really crazy and you can really kind of start overlapping and, and trying out some different strategies essentially based on, you know, what kind of uh, audiences are showing favorable metrics to what you're interested in. Yep. Yeah. And this is where it gets really fun too. And you can essentially see different audiences that the people were a part of mm -hmm. that you ended up reaching with your ads. Right. And then you can define the certain metric that you're kind of KPIing or measuring against. But it, it would be interesting, like, all right, so for molecular model sets and then tennis is an overlap because Tony's good at tennis and likes <laughs> tennis. One day I'm going to beat you in ping pong. Maybe it's going to, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But so if I look at that and I see tennis come in there, it's like, okay, like this is where the intuition comes into. But if I start seeing like a ton of people with tennis, then it's like, okay, what, what is the correlation here? <laughs> right. You know, and and it, what gets fun is there's going to be some audiences that show up that are surprises. But then when you take a step back and you think through it, it's like, okay, I can see the tie here. Right. And so it gets really fun where you can start building on these pieces and then you start to gather more and more data. One, you can find two in the existing audiences that you have, but two, you get so much more information on other audiences that you could add in mm -hmm. and you could reach a whole new subset of people that you may not have been able to reach before. That could be very interesting in your products. Um, it's just hard to tell sometimes. And so that's what's really fun with this too, as you're developing what that avatar looks like. There's many times where we're surprised or you take a step back and it's like, oh, okay, I get it. But I never would have <laughs> thought of that before. Like, yep. that, that's where the, the data and the intuition really comes together. And that's why we have so much fun on the audience creation side, because there's so much creativity that's involved, but you can really leverage the data right. in how you craft that up. Right. Yep, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think I've said it before on a previous podcast. I mean, the, the options are essentially limitless of what you can do, who you can target, how you can, can really kind of craft your ads at the end of the day. It's all fun and exciting. And, you know, if it's, if it's data driven, the results are going to be there too. You sure. know, it's, it's operating off of, of what all of the data is telling you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So if we go back and summarize, so key pieces, when we're starting to run our advertising one, let's look at our key objectives and mm -hmm. figure out where we want to start. Do we want to start broad, broader from the start or do we want to start very targeted and work our way up? Mm -hmm. Usually we go the more targeted approach and then work our way as we learn more, kind of branch out from there. Definitely. And then it's really taking a step back and thinking through who's these core avatars that we're trying to target with our advertising. And with that, we can use the tools at our disposal, like brand analytics is a great source, like you talked about. And then once we start getting that advertising information, we start to run these test um, test orders in the DSP console. Now we can start to even pull more information. Which, which report are we looking at for to find that the different audiences? Um, it's in the report center, which is it's in the Amazon DSP console. Sure. So unless you have access to that or a seat from your agency or what have you, you know, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to access than than you know, demographics from brand analytics, of course, but yep. yeah, it's within the report center, which, you know, we could probably do a dozen different podcasts on all the reports available and things that you can pull from the report center, sure. truly some powerful information. 
Yep. Yep. So if you've got somebody else who's managing your Amazon DSP, know that these reports are available uh, and highly valuable. So I would definitely ask about them if you haven't seen or heard about them. For sure. It can be a great source of ways to develop new audiences. And they're, they're really fun and interesting to dig into. And, you know, just from a business perspective, too, this is another great data source that you can use for your general marketing, mm-hmm. how you're positioning your products. Like it, it could open up your eyes to different avatars that you didn't even know existed too exactly really fun so i guess before we wrap up any any other pieces we hit all i think we are good there just uh main thing we are we are not talking about james cameron's avatar (laughs) this is uh all about your brand i still have to see the new movie (laughs) it's pretty great pretty great took my son there a couple weeks back he loved it just as much as the first one so yeah i'm sure we'll be seeing it many more times over the couple months there you go check it out (laughs) might go to the theater again my once in a decade experience there you go (laughs) yeah well tony thanks for being on the show absolute Um, pleasure as always yeah and as always for everybody listening really appreciate you listening to the ad project podcast for more insights like this uh, make sure you're following us like linkedin is a great spot website we're constantly putting out new articles on our article section but i'd say connect on linkedin great resource just put out a post today talking through some of the audience pieces that that we're going to be releasing for this podcast so follow us there and as always we will see you on the next episode of the ad project podcast